Come Follow Me, The Book of Mormon and the Descent into Descent. Written by Daniel C. Peterson, Professor of Islamic Studies and Arabic, Brigham Young University. The Book of Mormon shows how dissension and contention start, as well as how to create unity in Christ's Church. The restoration began when the Father and the Son appeared to Joseph Smith, dispelling the darkness and confusion that had engulfed him during a division amongst the people, a war of words and tumult of opinions. The revelation of the Book of Mormon followed. The Book of Mormon testifies that Jesus is the Christ, but it also offers case studies in how dissension arises and how it damages the church and individuals. It was written unto the confounding of the doctrines and laying down of contentions and establishing peace. It doesn't merely describe the foibles and foolishness of previous generations. It is for our day. We can therefore read it as a commentary on our time, a guide and a warning to us. In many ways, the Book of Mormon is a guidebook on how to unify God's people in the faith, as well as how contention and dissension creep into the church. Dissenters, Their Motives and Methods Nephite prophets repeatedly condemn contention, strife, and dissension. Satan, says Mormon, created contention to harden the hearts of the people against that which was good and against that which should come. Here are some examples of this principle from the Book of Mormon. Laman and Lemuel The division between the Nephites and Lamanites began with Laman and Lemuel. They were bitter at abandoning their wealth and comfort in Jerusalem, unworthy of succeeding their prophet father and unqualified to lead. They were also resentful of their righteous younger brother, Nephi. Nehor Nehor, too, flattered his audience, appealing to their self-interest. He said that priests and teachers should be supported financially by the people, that all mankind should be saved at the last day, and that they need not fear nor tremble, but that they might lift up their heads and rejoice. Those who followed him loved the vain things of the world. Sherem Shortly after the rift between Nephites and Lamanites, the Nephite Antichrist, Sherem, seems to have been devoted to a conventional view of the Law of Moses, denouncing belief in a coming Christ as blasphemy. And he was learned that he had a perfect knowledge of the language of the people, wherefore he could use much flattery and much power of speech according to the power of the devil. Korahor Korahor was also eloquent, and like Sherem, he denied the hope of Christ's coming. But he was an atheist, or at least an agnostic. He insisted that God and the future could not be known, dismissing the teaching of the prophets as silly and foolish. Believers, he said, sounding very modern, suffered from frenzied minds and derangement. But he directed his harshest criticisms at the prophet priests, and teachers of the church, saying they taught foolish traditions so they could keep the people down and glut themselves. Korahor's denial of God also led him to deny moral values and accountability, as well as life after death and the need for an atonement. For him, life was simply a matter of the survival of the fittest. 
it isn't difficult to see why some were attracted to his teachings. Amalekiah The Nephite trader Amalekiah seems to have had no religious motivations at all. Amalekiah was desirous to be a king. The record bluntly remarks, and those who supported him were seeking for power, and he promised to make them rulers over the people. He also used many flattering words, and, in fact, his ability to appeal to people's desires was key to his success. The Kingman Later, political disagreements so angered some Nephites that they sought to remove Pahoran, the chief judge, from office and restore a monarchy. They were those of high birth, and they sought to be kings. But these kingmen failed to gain popular support and in their frustration refused to defend their country against Lamanite aggression. So the Nephite military commander Moroni had to resort to force to pull down their pride and their nobility. Gedeanton Robbers Following Pahoran's death, his sons vied to succeed him. One who was not elected, Panchi, attempted to flatter his supporters into an uprising. And when he was executed for treason, those supporters formed the core of the infamous Gadianton robbers. Gadianton, their leader, was exceedingly expert in many words and did flatter his followers that if they would place him in the judgment seat, he would grant unto those who belonged to his band that they should be placed in power and authority among the people. Lessons for Today Here are some of the things we can learn from the dissent and contention in the Book of Mormon. Dissenters harm themselves. This is the lesson first and foremost. The Book of Mormon gives us about dissension. See 3 Nephi chapter 3, verse 11. Dissension hinders the growth of the church and fosters unbelief. See Mosiah chapter 26, 5, chapter 27, verse 9, Alma chapter 1, verse 21 to 25, chapter 4, verse 6 to 9. Repeatedly, contention and dissension exposed the Nephites to jeopardy from external threats. See Alma chapter 53, verse 8 and 9, chapter 60, verses 14 to 16, 3 Nephi chapter 2, verse 18. Mormon specifically cites them as a cause of their destruction. See Alma chapter 51, verse 16, Helaman chapter 2, verse 13. Contention reflects spiritual error. It is often a sign of pride in denying the Holy Ghost. See 2 Nephi chapter 28, verse 4, chapter 26, verse 20 to 21. Significantly, there was no contention immediately after the coming of Christ to the Americas, when all were truly converted. See 4 Nephi chapter 1, verse 2, verse 13, verse 15 through 18. Dissenters can often be articulate and persuasive. Many accounts mention their power of flattery or expertness in using words. Contention often reflects greed, self-interest, and political ambition. It's linked with envy, strife, malice, and especially pride. See Alma chapter 4, verse 6 through 10, chapter 16, verse 18, Helaman chapter 13, verse 22, 
3 Nephi chapter 21, verse 19, chapter 30, verse 2, Mormon chapter 8, verse 36 to 37. Dissenters are often deceived or deceivers. Even if dissenters feel justified, the Book of Mormon portrays them as either deceived or deceivers. Although Gadianton's followers said and may even have believed that their principles were good and of ancient date, Nephite writers call them Gadianton's robbers and murderers and identify Satan as their founder. See Helaman chapter 6, verse 26 to 30, Ether chapter 8, verse 13 to 26. See also Moses chapter 5, verse 29 to 31. Dissenters can become the fiercest enemies of the church and the gospel. Those who bear grudges or seek to gratify pride, greed, or ambition can become imbued with the spirit of contention and work aggressively against the church and its teachings. See Alma chapter 24, verse 30. How to be one. Be one, the Lord said early in our dispensation, and if you're not one, you're not mine. The Book of Mormon demonstrates that we can still fall into factions if we ignore or rebel against the prophets. But one reason the gospel was restored was to end contention and lead us to unity in the faith. So, the Book of Mormon also gives us guidelines for achieving that unity. For instance, we should Center our lives on Jesus Christ and His gospel. Follow God's prophets. Humbly stand up for truth without engendering a spirit of contention. Be humble and esteem our neighbor as ourselves. Strive to avoid contention and look forward with one eye having one faith and one baptism, having our hearts knit together in unity and in love one towards another. Following these and other Book of Mormon teachings will help members of the Lord's Church to be one and therefore be His. End of the article, Come Follow Me. The Book of Mormon and the Descent into Descent. Written by Daniel C. Peterson, Professor of Islamic Studies and Arabic, Brigham Young University. Read by Casey Wayman.